I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Welcome to episode 121 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me. Today we're reading the New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 22, with commentary from the notes in the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, and I'm smoking the My Father, La Antigüedad, in the Toro, 5 and 5 eighths by 55 Vitola. And they do not have this uh, cigar listed on their website. So let's go on over to Cigars International and see what they have to say. Allow me to introduce La Antigüedad, the second box-pressed line from Pepin Garcia and My Father's Cigars. Meaning, the antiquity, La Antigüedad joins Flor de las Antillas as a representation of the Garcia family's Cuban heritage. Once a Cuban brand, La Antigüedad utilizes the original box artwork and employs a traditional blend of Cuban seed tobaccos to create yet another masterpiece from the hands of Pepin Garcia. An expertly blended selection of unique tobaccos were used to create La Antigüedad. A slightly reddish-hued Ecuadorian Habano Rosado Oscuro wrapper blankets a double Nicaraguan binder one Criollo, the other Corojo. Inside, a collection of Nicaraguan tobaccos from three prominent growing regions. Aged a minimum of three and a half years, these tobaccos produce a very complex yet smooth to medium full-bodied profile and yields notes of cocoa, coffee, leather, and a touch of pepper. My father, La Antigüedad, received a well-deserved 91 rating noting, this box-pressed cigar is a strong and hearty smoke, full of baker's chocolate, roasted coffee beans, and earth, but balanced by floral sweetness. And the profile is medium to full. Uh, wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano. Uh, binder is uh, Corojo and Criollo. And filler is Nicaraguan. And the Vitolas are... Robusto 5.2 by 52, 
Corona Grande, 6.4 by 47. Toro, 5.6 by 55. Super Toro, 7 by 56. And the Toro Gordo, a 6 by 60. That is the My Father La Antigüedad. Let's go ahead and get back into this week's reading of the book of Matthew, chapter 22. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV. And verse 1. And again Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. And Spurgeon comments on verses 2 and 3. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to summon those who invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Observe that it was a king who made this wedding feast. Therefore, to refuse to come to it when the command implied great honor to those who were bid was as distinct an insult as could well be perpetrated against both the king and his son. Had the one who invited them been only an ordinary person, it might not have been their duty to come, and they might even have been justified in their refusal. But this was a king who sent his servants to summon the guests to the marriage of his son. Also notice that the gospel marriage feast, to which we are invited, is the feast not only of a king, but of the king of kings, our creator and our God. If we refuse to come in obedience to his command, we commit an overt act of rebellion against his divine majesty. The people were called, yet they would not come. What have we to do with the apparent uselessness of what we are commanded to do? It is our duty to give the invitation according as our king directs us. It is not our business to decide whether that invitation will be accepted or rejected. And back to Matthew verse 4. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all all whom they found, both bad and good, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? 
and he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went up and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. The same day Sadducees came to him, who say that there is no resurrection, and they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. So too the second and third, down to the seventh. After them all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, of the seven, whose wife will she be? For they all had her. But Jesus answered them, You are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And Spurgeon comments on verse 30, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. The saints of God are like the angels as to the qualities of their persons. In one matter, they always were alike, namely, that both angels and saints are creatures of God. A false church has commanded its adherents to pay religious homage to angels, contrary both to the example and the express teachings of Scripture. The angels are no more to be worshipped than godly people and neither the one nor the other can be worshipped without incurring the sin of idolatry. Marriage in the future state will not occur, and the resurrected saints are like angels in their immortality. They will not be able to die. Such a thing as a funeral knell was never heard in heaven. No angel was ever carried to his grave. So it will be in the resurrection. For this reason, the population of the future realm will never need to be replaced by births. In this life, that is a perpetual struggle. Life contends with death, while death marks its universal victory, scarring the face of the earth with tombs. But that victory will not last. God's people are like angels in heaven, since there is no death, and consequently there is no necessity of birth to replace the loss of population.
And back to Matthew, verse 31. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David, in the spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. And that's the end of today's reading in the book of Matthew. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, as well as today's cigar. Also, Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals. Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless. And the Burning Bush Merchandise Store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. And if you know anyone who needs to hear this, please let them know about the podcast and help share the message of the Bible, the hope we have in Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to contact me, you can email me at steve at theburningbushpodcast.com, which is linked in the show notes as well. So until next time, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless. God bless.